Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am Mike Fenn. I'm joined once again by Brad Harkhassel. Brad, how you doing? I am excellent. How are you doing, Mike? Not too bad. I'm glad glad you're back with me this week. Yeah, good job covering last week. Yeah, it was a crazy week at work. I didn't get off till like 7 or 8 that night, so thanks for covering. No problem. <laughs> It was it wasn't too bad after all. I'm glad it wasn't this week. Mm-hmm. It would be weird doing this week's show without a uh, yeah. without a second person to. I bounce. probably would have just walked out of my job if I would have had to miss this week. <laughs> yeah. All right. So news. I mean, all the news. Oh no, one significant thing that happened this week, which ties into well. No, I guess it happened on SmackDown last week, which was ties into this week. Tia, Tina, Tia, Tia Trinidad, Selena Vega, she showed up back on SmackDown mm-hmm. all of a sudden to do. Uh, she entered herself and she got entered into the money in the bank. She went out there, promptly lost in two minutes. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate for her. Yeah, I guess um, they're doing a greater storyline, but I don't. That's, it's still yeah, crazy we'll, for her we'll to come see. back and lose. <laughs> we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of the the timing there is fascinating mm-hmm. because uh, we're going to talk about Alistair Black a lot in this episode or Tommy End or Malachi Black, whatever you want to call him. It's all the yeah. same person. Yep. That's canon. Yep. Yeah, there's a video of it. so Which is awesome. Um, but yeah, so... What, so she got released and then I guess they were negotiating her coming back because they thought it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Then they released him and then they brought her back, which is bizarre. Yeah. I don't I don't understand the timing or why they would think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. It's it's I don't know, but they did it, and that's a uh, their funeral. I wonder if they thought like maybe if we bring her back, he'll want to resign. But but they had all they were. I'm fairly sure I heard rumors about her coming back to WWE, or at least like working at the PC Center. Like there there was rumblings about it before he was released. <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely because I remember when he when he got released, everyone was like, "Oh, well, I guess she's not showing back up at at, uh, at WWE then." Yeah, I guess that got squashed. So it's just truly bizarre that they decided to release him after they there were reports of her being at the performance center working out. Mm-hmm. So odd. I do not get it. Me either. It's fascinating though. It's truly I don't understand the the uh the mindset there. Me but but happy it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um this week okay, so this week we we're they're finally back on the road. They're in Miami for Road Rager. I thought this was a I thought this was an extremely fun show. I had I had an amazing time. A lot to do with the atmosphere. I thought yeah. the crowd was amazing. 
I just loved the look of the episode. I missed the look of fans directly behind the action. Yeah, and they were doing uh, their old camera angles, which I had for, kind of forgotten about. They're so uh, fun. Mm-hmm. Like they're a lot. They're really creative with these camera angles. They like they were doing some really cool little zooms and ducks and weaving around. Mm-hmm. Like even in promos, like Jericho and MJF's promo, they were like going in there at all these crazy angles. And I was like, oh my god, they were not doing this at Daly's place. Yeah, I don't know why they weren't doing it at Daly's place. I guess just because what would be behind them would not be people. It would just be empty empty yeah. seats. So they didn't want, they didn't want that as the backdrop, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the production just goes way up. Once, yeah, even once the cameras kind of look different, and they they look like they're a high resolution camera to me. I don't know if it's just because there's more fans in the background and stuff adding to it or what, but it looks like higher resolution to me. Yeah, there's there's just an energy to this episode that even elevate. I mean, I didn't think there was a bad match on this card, but like. It elevated matches that were good to very good for me and matches that were very good to great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this started off with the QT versus Cody strap match, which I was excited for because I've never seen one. <laughs> um, did you have thoughts going into this? Uh, no, I didn't expect it to open the show. But then once it opened the show, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Have Cody, one of their biggest stars out first in front of the crowd, in front of the fans. So that made sense. But yeah, uh, strap matches are okay. I don't like when they do the four-corner stipulation because it's always kind of weird to me. And they Mm -hmm. did that one for this one last night. But yeah, I I like the match. It's probably my weakest match to me on the show, but that's just because I'm not like a huge strap match fan, really. Unless they just have two separate straps and they just slap each other over and over with them or something. But, I mean, this wasn't terrible or anything. I, I liked it enough, but I felt bad for QT for getting the, the jobber entrance. Yeah. <laughs> Poor QT. Yeah. I, I think they were I think they knew they were going to be tight on time on this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. There's another part where they uh, where they got creative with their use of time. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, this uh, like you, I, I don't. I have no history with strap matches. I've never watched one. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was, oh, this is the dog collar slash bull rope slash whatever. Yeah. This is that match again. Mm-hmm. So maybe they got to space those out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this was, uh, I thought this was, this is pretty good. Um, yeah, I didn't know that it was a slap all corners because again, I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, I thought it was good. I thought um, the one thing I will say, the tapping all four corners, I thought fed into the crowd pretty well. Yeah, the like crowd was into it, so that was cool. Yeah, because it's like, it's like with each tap, like the, the cheers get louder and louder. Mm-hmm. And this is 1000% Cody's wheelhouse. Yeah. Like he, of course, he's going to put himself out there in the first match mm-hmm. back on yeah. the road. Yeah, um, for sure. You'd wish it was against someone who isn't QT because I like QT. I actually think he's a very underrated worker, but he's just not over. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this is, and I hate to say, it cause I was, I mean, and you had told me earlier that a go-go had surgery. So that makes sense why he's not there. And I was so excited for this when it first started, but it's just kind of fizzled. 
So hopefully, hopefully they're, which they seems like when we get later on in the show, they're moving. It seems like they're moving on. At least Cody is. Yeah. Maybe the rest of the undercard guys will keep feuding. Because, um, a go-go put out a video after he had eye surgery because he's legally blind in one eye. And I guess this is his 10th eye surgery. Jeez. So he, he had bandages all over his face. His face was all swollen up, but he was, uh, talking about, uh, He's like, it's like, uh, oh, Billy Gunn, I'm all, I'm all banged up and bruised up, but I'm coming back for you. You, you, you better be lucky that I'm over here in, in, <laughs> in the old UK getting my face worked on. So that sounds like that's going to continue to go forward, but they've mostly been doing that stuff on dark. Uh-huh. And I think that's a good place for it. Or in August on rampage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I thought that thought this match was kind of was pretty cool. Um, for for me personally, I thought this was on the good side of those attached at two ends of a long mm-hmm. piece of material match that AEW has been running. Yeah, um, I thought it was closer to the dog collar match than it was to the um, bull rope match, which I yeah, thought was just sure. shits. Yeah, the bull rope match was the worst in the. The dog collar match, that's going to be hard to top, but because <laughs> that's one of the better ones they've done. Yeah, and it had Brody in it, which <laughs> everything with Brody and AEW is going to be uh, elevated. Yeah, for at sure. At this point, it'll be looked back. I don't want to say with rose colored glasses, but it'll be looked back on fondly. <laughs> yeah, um, I was. Uh, the There's an interesting part in this match. Um, the lights go out partway through, and the fans all go, ooh, oh what's mm-hmm. happening and and the lights come back on and cody just looks kind of confused he's like what the fuck yeah <laughs> and jr and excalibur say that oh we've actually had inclement weather today the lights have been flickering all day we've had some power issues yeah, didn't a and, hurricane just go through florida yeah it did the, mm-hmm. it did it did happen so it was a it was legit they mm-hmm. um they tied it in there. It was a really, I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you watched the show. Yeah. There was a big reveal later on that used the lights off. So this was sort of like a red herring to put people off of expecting it mm-hmm. because AEW has used it a lot. So when the lights went off, everyone's like, oh shit, something's happening. And then they yeah. came back on and nobody was in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they blamed it on the weather, and right away I was like, "Okay, that could just be very very clever." Yeah. I don't know if it's very very clever or if the lights actually just went out because yeah. <laughs> they didn't talk about it again. Mm-hmm. The rest of the show went on, the um the match went on. Cody eventually hit three crossroads to beat QT Marshall, hit all four things, which thought was good it was a nice brutal way to finish the match yeah qt Um, bled too right he did bleed seemed a little unnecessary but it's fine it's a it's a strap match you gotta have surprise cody didn't bleed but gotta have some (laughs) kind of color um it to me it felt like a good um blow off to Mm -hmm. a mid to low card feud Mm -hmm. essentially which was what it was and uh it was cool, and I was just happy to see this was Cody at his best again. It looked like 
Like this is him and his element. The crowd was behind him, so I was happy for that. Mm-hmm. Even if the match wasn't like an absolute standout, it was serviceable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was cool. It was, I mean, you first road show, Cody out first. It makes sense. It, this match wasn't offensive or anything. It was, it was fine. No, really, no drama in the finish with the three crossroads and then Cody hitting all turnbuckles. But I don't really know how you do drama. With a four, you got to touch four corners. I guess <laughs> QT could touch them behind him or something, and it's like, oh, what's going to happen? But uh, I, Cody was doing that at one point. Mm-hmm. QT was touching them, and Cody was just like crawling behind him, touching each one after yeah. him, which was <laughs> which was funny. Um, yeah. So after this, we had a very short segment where Sean Spears got hit with a chair. Yeah, that's, so, I don't even remember what he said. That all I remember is just the chair hitting. <laughs> neither do I. He, he essentially, oh, he says, uh, says, oh, when I hit Sammy with that chair, that was the second best chair shot I've ever delivered mm-hmm. in AEW. And then he gets hit in the head with a chair, and then Sammy walks up and sits on a chair. He says, we're far from over. And I was like, oh, shit, I wish you weren't. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, I don't want to see Sammy versus Sean Spears again. Yeah, That's unfortunate, but I guess we're going to. Yeah, yeah, because uh, last week, Sammy and MJF, they had that, which was an awesome match, but I thought that would be the end of Sammy's feud, but I also thought it was a little weird that they're already going to Sammy versus MJF, and I thought, oh, are they done with Spears already? And I, apparently not, so my question has have been answered. Yeah, so moving on from that, oh, this, ne- this next segment was actually incredible. Oh, my gosh. So here we had... Kenny Omega, he comes out with Don Callis. He comes out wearing Zuba's dress pants. Yeah, the best pants I've ever seen. And those crazy fucking shoes with the yeah, little he, bubble. He brought the brought the boots back. Brought the boots back, <laughs> which looked ridiculous. He still had the mutton chops, mm-hmm. which I'm very thankful for. Um, they come out, Don Callis. Don Callis did all the talking. For the most part, yeah. in, the, in the first half of this segment, the, he's saying the crowd that, was hot for this segment. Oh, the crowd was so hot. They were chanting, uh, You got fired to Don Callis. Yeah. And he said, Because what he got Callis demoted. Say, yeah. Real men get fired. They don't quit or something like that. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, this is this is that live crowd shit right mm-hmm. here. This is this is what you want. Yeah. Um, and the guys who are great on the mic can take that and just crank it up a little bit a little bit more by t- yeah. saying the right thing back to the I crowd. I can't wait till Miro comes back out with the full crowds like this. Oh my god. It's got to be maybe next week. No, it can't be next week. Next week's too full. Mm-hmm. And we'll see him again soon. Yeah. Um Yeah, so Yeah, so he's uh he's talking about how Kenny doesn't have an opponent. So they're they're really they they don't really have anybody for for fight for the fallen so they again they've run through everybody they they list all the people that he's beaten ray phoenix jungle boy john moxley all those guys and then the crowd that they do the thing where they wait they get they let the moment breathe a bit and the crowd fills in the dots they fill mm-hmm. in the lines and they start chanting cowboy shit yeah they start t- chanting for hangman it's amazing and then of course the dark orders music hits and out comes the whole crew, led by Evil Uno. He comes out to the ring, and he's in fine form. He gets in there, and uh, he tells 
he calls Don Kenny's weird uncle, yeah. and then he shoes him out of the ring. He's like, the men have to speak. The yeah. men are speaking. Get out of the ring, which I thought was amazing, because that's more Don's shtick, which mm-hmm. I liked. And um, Uno asks Kenny and Don, why have you been ignoring this crowd? Why are you ignoring the number one ranked wrestler? And why are you ignoring my friend and your former friend? And and Kenny says, he's, I can tell that you're a smart man. You're a very learned man. So I have one question to ask you. What is the capital of Thailand? As soon as he said this, is like, oh, I know it's exactly what's And evil, <laughs> evil Uno says, oh, we're playing trivia here. He starts answering it. But before he can finish it, he goes, it's Bangkok, baby. Yeah. And he just kicks him right in the penis. <laughs> just <laughs> with those boots. Just mm-hmm. fucking whack. He just plays whack-a-mole with poor Evil Uno. Evil Uno goes down. The Dark Order charges the ring, but they're met by the Good Brothers and the other goons. The Young Bucks weren't there. Yeah, they're getting ready for their match, I guess. So all shit's breaking loose. Um, There was a significant moment, a not insignificant moment in the ring where Stu Grayson went one-on-one with Kenny in the ring there. Mm-hmm. and they went blow for blow for a while. I'm thinking if they want to have like an interim fight for the title before yeah. they get to Hangman, Stu cool. Grayson might actually be a guy. Mm-hmm. I think they might be setting that up just with that uh, little clash they had because he didn't really give way yeah. at all. Um, and then uh, Kenny's about to hit Evil Uno with the belt and Hangman's music hits and the roof popped off this yeah. place they were going fucking bananas yeah. and he runs out there in the fringe oh the shirt was amazing the God. fucking that fucking brown shirt with the mm-hmm. white fringe the tassels he comes out there looking like the texas tornado yeah he he clears the ring he he's taking on both good brothers he knocks them out of the ring and then he's standing on the apron and kenny finally gets back to his feet and this is the shot from revolution two years ago where hangman was at the ropes where he's gonna hit the buckshot lariat and kenny turns around and he's goes like oh what's happening here mm-hmm. and then he didn't but hangman doesn't do that this time he gets in the ring he walks up to kenny they're about to attack each other and then he gets attacked from behind by the good brothers and kenny scampers away yeah he gets out of there scot-free uh this brad what were your thoughts on this This i loved everything about this from the the bangkok joke because that's what my friends and i used to do to each other and uh hangman's shirt omega's whole performance uh callus was great the crowd was great dark order was great this whole segment was just pure perfection in my eyes yeah it's two weeks in a row Mm-hmm. Kenny has gone out there and been the best talking Kenny we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing to see. I I honestly I can't I I'm now at the point where I can't wait for him to lose, go away and then come back as a face, but now have this ability to talk in the ring. Yeah, whenever he cuz I thought they were going to wait for all out, but I know he's been pretty badly hurt, so it seems like they might be wait go to the end of this month. I hope they postpone that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I hope that someone like, like Stu Grayson mm-hmm. ends up in that spot. And they could do like a like a six man at 
were they, where were they name dropping Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen? Uh, Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, they could do like a Kenny and the Good Brothers versus uh, Hangman and uh, Evil Uno and Grayson or something. Yeah. For me, Hangman has to be uh, at the Sears Center or mm-hmm. the former Sears Center. I don't know what it's called now. It's It'll always be the Sears Center. But, <laughs> but yeah. it's sold out. Mm-hmm. They sold out today before it's on sale. They sold out in pre-sale. Oh, cool. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe Kenny can keep doing his thing where he doesn't want to fight anyone and just he can rest that way. Just have him on TV still talking. Yeah, because he he's got a hernia, and mm-hmm. hernias are is no joke. That's essentially your all. that's your muscles coming apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've never had one, but I've seen one. My dad had one, and he was just like he couldn't do anything. My dad's had three hernia surgeries mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So yeah, I know I know what it can do to you. It it yeah. just knocks you out. And this guy's flying around the ring, throwing around two hundred fifty pound men. Yeah. So and then he's still got two other belts to defend soon. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's 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 facing um, what's his name uh, in Impact, the hacker guy. Yeah, that was his NXT. Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan. I almost said Solomon Crow, but that was his NXT name. He's facing Sammy Callahan in Impact in like a week or so. Yeah. And then for two weeks, month, he's and then he's, he's going against Andrade and in Triple uh, A. So mm-hmm. fuck, like he's he doesn't have a uh, a, a break. No, no. I so, I have a feeling once he loses all the titles, we probably won't see him. No, for we a will. While. Mm-hmm. And that'll be good. And then he can come. He can come back to save somebody at some time. Run out like Kodo Bushi or something mm-hmm. to help someone. Like, put Hangman in peril and have Kenny run out to, like, prevent a chair shot. Mm -hmm. And then they can hug. Like, uh... They can make up. Like, like Kenny and Coda. Yeah. Okay, so, next segment, another one. Really, really good. This was the JR sit-down with Ethan Page and Darby Allin. Whenever they announced this was coming after the Kenny, I was like, oh, man, I hope they don't load this up with segments, but... If your segments are as good as these two, you can load them up all you want, like talking segments. The segments on this night were fantastic. Mm-hmm. They were almost better than the matches. Yeah. Um, so here we had Ethan Page and Darby Allen. They're in they're in a room with JR. Um, JR starts by asking them. He just says that he hates when there's two wrestlers and they hate each other so much that they're so comfortable with ending each other's livelihood. Because it makes him sad and it makes him uncomfortable and he doesn't like it. And Darby says the reason why Ethan Page is so fixated on ending his career is because Ethan Page has spent 12 long years getting to this point in his career. And Darby did all that in a year. Mm -hmm. He said they both ended up in AEW. But Ethan Page had to put put in his dues, had to work, had to get complacent. Had to be the big fish in a small pond. Had to go to Evolve. Had to go to Impact. Whereas Darby went to Evolve for like a minute and then showed up in AEW mm-hmm. and was the TNT champion, the new face of the company before yeah. Ethan Page was even there. And he says it's not his fault that he got complacent. He said Darby Allen was homeless living in a car. 
yeah before he got here he's like i've had to fight for everything i had so it's like don't think that uh that i wasn't trying and then ethan page says that he says that i agree with you that's exactly why i want to kill you mm-hmm. <laughs> he said that the you jumping right to the front of the line and well i had to put in my dues is why i'm gonna put you in the ground why i'm gonna put you in that coffin um he says like yeah i i'm a i'm a family man but it's like you you were only able to do this any within a year because you got to face somebody with 12 years of experience you got to face me and i got to show you what it's like what it means to be a professional wrestler and Honestly, this this is my fucking shit because it was it was all correct. They mm-hmm. were both right. Like yeah. aside from like the actually like wanting to kill each other, but they're right. He has spent twelve years. Darby has did only spend one year outside of AEW and and Ethan Page did fast track Darby Allen to the mm-hmm. spotlight with their feud. Yeah. Like that's what may that's what got Darby into AEW, mm-hmm. like that. That those are all facts. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this it's is so awesome. good. It's excellent storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it perfectly. Yeah, I liked yeah anything to add to that? Uh, no, you said it all perfectly. This is great. Can't wait for the coffin match. That's going to be brutal. Uh, That's next week. That's yeah. good. Yeah, Consider- seeing what they've done to each other on the indies, I I don't know what what's going to happen next week in front of that crowd. It's going to be fucking bonkers. Mm -hmm. This is where Ethan page is going to truly get over. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is over. I think the, the more he shows up and I get sort of separates himself from Scorpio sky a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, the more he, he looks like he could be a star. Almost, I don't want to say a mid-card star, but like a lower, like, like TNT champion type of mm-hmm. star. Yeah. But yeah, he's a, he's very good. He's very yeah. good. Okay, so next we had a match between Santana, Ortiz, and Hager versus Wardlow and FTR. I thought this match was, it was a good primer for the uh, the match in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It didn't really blow my socks off, and I'm sort of glad it didn't because it obviously leaves a lot more meat on the bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Got to make people want more. I thought uh, FDR and Proud and Powerful looked awesome in this when they were against each other. Strangely, Hager kind of got the biggest spots yeah. <laughs> in the match. Mm-hmm. He actually, and I always say this, Hager looks awesome in tag matches. Yeah. He, That's because he's, he's not the type to to have big, long matches. So whenever you can hide that and have him tag in and out, it's always a lot better. He's got just like a few moves that he comes in with the hot tag and looks so good. He does the Vader bomb. He does that one ridiculous power slam that he has. I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. It looks just fantastic. It's almost like a tour of the islands Yeah, that he does. It looks fantastic. Yeah, um, and I like that he wasn't wearing gear since he was with Santana and Ortiz. He was in street clothes. Yeah, he, cool. he looked great. Uh, he and Wardlow at one point go toe to toe, and the crowd popped for that. Mm-hmm. They were just throwing 
meat hooks at each other. Yeah. I loved it. Um, yeah, overall, I thought uh, it. I really like, I again, just the vibe of this live show. I haven't really been into trios matches while they were in Daly's place and during the pandemic era. I always thought it was just like, oh, okay, it's just a way of getting a lot of people on TV. But this match gave me the vibes of when fans were back. Was it like two years ago now at this point? Mm-hmm. When we had SCU going out there, we had Strong Hearts going out there, and they were mm-hmm. opening up the shows yeah. with those ridiculous bangers yeah, in front and they, of the crowds. They'd even do it in the women's division too. Like all the uh, Joshi girls would come out and do like tag and trios matches and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's just... There's something special about those matches in front of the... It's weird because the matches aren't any different from what we were watching mm-hmm. at Daly's Place, but it just it feels different. I yeah. can't explain it. Yeah, it's, um, just, it's just that crowd. Yeah, so the, the match ended with Hager finally getting triple teamed and got hit with the big rig by, uh, by FTR. And then post-match, Conan comes in. And I had forgotten because I was just like, okay... So Conan and Tali are going to get involved in this match. They didn't. They just stood outside the ring. Mm-hmm. But then old Conan comes in with, with the mad ball, swinging her around. <laughs> he hits Hager in the back of the head. And Hager's just like, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he turns well, like around. Something's like a bug bit him or something. So there, then around. there's Conan just swinging around. He's like, sir, he's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Why is this old man in there? And then Tali comes in, chop blocks him, and they just leave. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I don't I didn't really understand involving Conan and Tolly in this if that's all they were gonna do. But again, if Conan continues to stay in this uh with them and in this feud, and if Conan can be their leader, like reuniting LAX afterwards, I'm all for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that that was it was Wardlow's face is so funny when he got hit. I'm just like, what the <laughs> hell? He turns around, he's like yeah. What was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. Oh, mm-hmm. and then an absolute surprise promo and announcement. Yeah, this was cool. This is something I didn't even think about, but this is going to be awesome. Yeah, right in front of our face the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a video of Carl Anderson cutting a promo saying that he and the Good Brothers are going back to Japan. They're going back to New Japan. And it's the place where the original Bullet Club was formed with uh and they were two of the or two of the founders, or at least uh Carl, Carl Anderson, Anderson was. was. Gallows came and, a little bit later. And he says that but if I'm going back there, I'm going back there with the IWGP US championship. And I'm gonna take that from from John Moxley, because John Moxley's been a piece of shit to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm a I'm gonna take your gold, I'm gonna go to New Japan. Um, and we're doing this next week. I was like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Okay, yeah, yeah. assigned AEW wrestler versus assigned Impact wrestler for a New Japan title, which is awesome, like, amazing. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I'd be like, I wouldn't even be mad if Carl Anderson won it. Yeah, if you've I never seen, even be mad. Carl Anderson wrestle solo. Just go back to the 2012 or 2013 G1, where he makes it to the finals with Okada. That match is incredible. Carl Anderson is such an underrated worker. This match is going to rule. Like it make it would be a good way of getting that belt back to Japan. Mm-hmm. It would make sense. And then you almost sort of 
still keep it in the AEW family? Because let's say he goes to Japan and he whole and he retains the belt in Japan, and then he can bring it back and he can still defend it mm-hmm. on in AEW, and even he could on Impact, but I don't know that he would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, holy shit! Next week's card is fucking stacked. We'll get yeah, into yeah. it later, but. I yeah, did Tony match... come out and say that they're going to try to stack every show like that? Yeah. Um, uh, Tony Khan has said that uh, going forward, he's looking to stack every card. I was like, he is. The one thing is that you can you can risk a bit of burnout, but like for me, it's like I'm just fiending the next week after every mm-hmm. episode. I'm just like, okay, here we go. Put it in my yeah. veins. Yeah, I was going to say they can't keep that pace up forever because then you'll like you still got to do pay-per-views and stuff so you can't yeah the pay-per-views re- need to be special yeah so i i but since they're going back on the road and they they want to keep drumming up interest i'm sure for at least the next two or three months every show will be like this here's the thing they keep bringing in guys mm-hmm. so they kind of can right now they kind yeah. of can like there are guys that have not been in a match i was in a I'll call it a discussion with a person today who is talking about um, a certain person named Cody, how he buries everybody in mm-hmm. um, how he buries all the new, the new signees. And it's just like, Oh, well, no, cause he hasn't beaten cage or Christian cage or Miro or Ethan page. I listed off like five or six guys. Mm-hmm. That he has not even looked at. Look, yeah, it's because he hasn't looked at them, and neither has anybody else. Like, there's so many people who are not even yeah. remotely. Now that you're saying that, it's like that's true because, like, you didn't, even, you don't even think about it, which is good because when they do eventually move them to face their top stars, you're like, oh, okay, this is cool, this is fresh. Yeah, it's like their top guys generally have not interacted, and this is where them sort of spinning the wheels with the mixture of pack and Moxley and Kenny and the good brothers and the bucks just sort of swirling around each other, throw in Archer and Kingston every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Those guys have been preventing the other guys from getting into that picture. So now that they're in front of fans, they can, there's all kinds of combinations that they can do. Everybody in Team Taz is fresh mm-hmm. for the for the main events. I don't I don't want to get into this too much, but there are so many combinations we haven't seen, and they keep bringing in guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now we get to MJF versus Chris Jericho stipulations, and this was this was mostly fun because of some unfortunate but almost. Like it added to the situation. There was a, I don't want to call it a funny, uh, a happy accident, but <laughs> MJF gets in the ring. Chris Jericho gets in the ring and then some drunk idiot hops up on the apron. To First get night back match. on the road and somebody started jumping in the ring. <laughs> it was like, bless him. I, I, I don't even want to say it makes for good entertainment, mm-hmm. but like the, I thought, the, um, because right when Jericho started punching that guy, because I mean Jericho punched the shit out of this guy, I thought he was <laughs> punching. I thought he's punching MJF because MJF started going, "Cut the music, cut the music," and then I just see Jericho punch, and I was like, "Did he just knock out MJF?" I thought they're supposed to do the same. Then I was like, "Oh, that's a fan." Yeah, and he he 
he knocked him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fans, a... I wish uh, the fan that actually got punched was the fan with the uh, Persona Five sucks sign <laughs> in the crowd, <laughs> but which has been making its round on the internet, it's, which is funny. But and then I saw a thread. It's like for the past few years, people have always had like some JRPG sign. Yeah, Final Fantasy shows. sucks. And... Yeah, <laughs> so to keep it's a running thing. Going. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh... so. Yeah, so the guy jumps on the thing. MJF is yelling, uh, "Cut! Cut the camera and cut the music!" Mm-hmm. And and Jericho just fuck wallops this guy, and then just like shrugs and the crowd cheers. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, "I should have let that. I should have let that guy kick your ass." Mm-hmm. To, to MJF, and MJF <laughs> says, "Like, oh, why why doesn't any more you uh, fat slobs jump in the ring and we <laughs> and this and that?" I was like, "Okay, these guys." know how to take a, a tense kind of dangerous mm-hmm. and unfortunate situation just turn it to just like rile up the fans and the fans were going crazy um and they sit down and mjf he says okay chris so i'm gonna give you my stipulations and i want to remind you what you put john moxley through when when he faced you uh, for the title, you had him run through the gauntlet of everybody in the inner circle before he could face you. And I, I'm one to always learn from the best. So we are going to, we're going to do that again, but obviously I'm going to make it better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you who you're facing. I'm not going to tell you the stipulations, but you're going to have to face four guy, one guy each week, uh, four in a row. And you have to beat them. And afterwards, then then you get to finally face me. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. But then I got to thinking, I don't want to watch a Jericho match every week. <laughs> yeah. Are they, I wonder if they'll... Do they say they're doing it every week? I think so. Cause, yeah. Well, maybe not, maybe not every week, but they're going to probably every other week. Yeah, space it out till... Well, because um, it's two months, right? Yeah. So that I didn't they know if they're going to do it spaced out like that, or like if he's just actually going to have a gauntlet match where he's got to beat like some dudes in a row. That would be interesting. It's probably mm-hmm. going to be spaced out. Yeah, I would think. But um, but then the, this isn't my original thought. It was on uh, on Fightful. Somebody proposed that he could have him face off against each member of the inner circle. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, that's good. That'd be good. That's awesome. And my one little cherry on top there is have one of them be Jeff Cobb. Oh, bring him back. Yeah, because he was there for that. Was it one episode? Yeah, it was MJF brought him in to face. Mm -hmm. Or no, Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho brought him in to face John Moxley. Yeah. So have MJF bring him in to face Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. I think would be funny. I like the inner circle one. Like in the inner circle doesn't want to, but he's like, I got to and stuff. That'd be cool. Especially now that uh, New Japan and AW mm-hmm. working together now, you yeah. could get Jeff Cobb in for Bring one in appearance. Bring in Suzuki. Oh God! <laughs> but yes. I wouldn't. Want, and then have him beat up MJF too, because that's what you'd want to see—just him beat up everyone. The one thing is, you have to have Jericho go over all of these guys, mm-hmm. so it can't be. It has to be people that are that means that it means something, but it also doesn't hurt them to lose. Mm-hmm. I'm so, sure it'll, one will be like Sean Spears and stuff like that. 
there's going to be some pinnacle guys in there. No, I, I like him like having to face Sammy and having mm-hmm. to face Ortiz and having to face having to face him, his own boys. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it would be fantastic. That's a really cool idea. Because then, like, if he beats them, like that's still cool. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I don't know, like other guys who are like, oh, okay, Chris Jericho's going over everybody, and then it kind of hurts a bunch of people. Because mm-hmm. if if they're menacing and badass, then they're probably people that we want to be getting a push, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's like you're not going to bring Archer in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like again. That'd be funny. The loss. <laughs> yeah. Um, who do you think he should face? I, I'm trying to think. I like the inner circle idea. Jeff Cobb idea is cool. I, I got a feeling one of them is going to be Wardlow. Because he's that the would muscle. be cool. Because he's the big muscle. Bring in some New Japan guys or something. More New Japan guys than Cobb could come here from the states that are already in the states or something if they want to do like a a a handicap match it could be santana and ortiz mm-hmm. and then it's like and then maybe that's how you get to Cobb. and it's like oh who's the fourth person if i put these two guys in this match mm-hmm. who's the fourth match oh remember jeff cobb yeah yeah he was your hitman for a week and now he's my hitman oh man i wish they had kept him mm-hmm. they tried They tried to keep him. Okay, so let's move on to Britt Baker backstage. Oh, this promo was amazing. This is so good. She starts by expressing her displeasure with her match last week where Nyla Rose and the senior citizen, Vicky Guerrero, (laughs) beat her and, and Reba in a match. In doing so, Reba popped her kneecap and... And Britt Baker got put through a table because of a double team. And Britt says, thank you, Tony Khan. Like, this this was so kind of you to do this. And you put me at risk. You put my, my assistant's health at risk. All because you got Andrade. I'm so happy that you could get Andrade. That you could... She says, I hope you enjoy your blood money. Maybe next week, AW can run a Saudi Arabia show. Yeah. It's like, ooh, burn, girl. Burn. Get some like, ointment for that burn. <laughs> like, that's awesome. And it's mm-hmm. funny because all the shots that WWE gives about, or uh, that AW gives WWE and, and the... And on Twitter, all the WWE fans are all so upset. Like, oh, how could you say this? Uh, Living rent free in your head. No one said shit about this. Because they're like, oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) We really shouldn't say anything about this. It's it's a bad look. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought that was... There's not really much to say about it either. You can't... No, I mean, it's one of the reasons I don't watch. Mm -hmm. is because of that stuff. So I get it. Um, I agree with her on that. And... Yeah, she says that when she's done with Nyla, they'll be calling Dallas the big DMD, mm-hmm. which I didn't know their um, their show was running in Dallas, one of their Texas shows, but I guess it is technically. Yeah, it's not Garland. This, yeah, Gar- and, Garland's like a suburb of Dallas. It's like right outside Dallas. Oh, okay. I guess that's why they, because mm-hmm. they're, they're not calling it Dallas on the graphic. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So Britt it's Baker like, gives no fucks. 
yeah, it's kind of like, like I just tell people I'm from Oklahoma city, but I live like right outside Oklahoma city. Okay. So I'm really excited to hear your take on this next match. Andrade versus Matt Seidel. What did you think? I freaking love this match. I see in your notes here that people online or some people didn't like it. A little hard on it. I just want to say, I've been thinking about this all day. I was on Twitter on my break at work and it was kind of like I was doom scrolling. Like people were really down on last night's episode. I don't know if it, it might just be some of the people I follow and then they're just retweeting what other people say. So you get hyperbolic, but it's just like, Man, I, I must have been watching a different show from these people or something because I thought this was great. I, mean, I were... felt that a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there are certain people that they that's just what they do. They're harder on one promotion than another or they lean one way than another. <laughs> and our Twitter account follows some people that are harder on AW than yeah. WWE. Like, and that's fine. Some... I mean, you can have those opinions, but it's just like I don't even see why you're watching it. If it's making you this upset, like just don't watch it. Like no one's forcing you to watch it. <laughs> For real, I agree. Yeah, this match was. I can. The argument I heard against this match was that Andrade seemed slow. That it wasn't his best match, and he he just wasn't what people saw in NXT. And I guess against Mysterio, which I guess I can agree with. He did seem to be moving a little slower. To me, that seemed a little in character but maybe he'll have to speed up. Yeah. I, I mean, he had all his big moves, like his double moonsault and stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, he did seem a little slower, but it's his first match. You don't want him to just come out and absolutely do everything. Cause then the next time you see him, you're like, Oh, I've already seen him do this stuff. Well, to me after the match, once the match ended, I, I thought about it afterwards and I, it gave me a lot of, Brody Lee's first couple matches in AEW vibes. <laughs> like he had that similar presence where he almost didn't look like he was trying that hard <laughs> in the ring, but in character, like his character, this feels beneath him. Yeah. And, and um, he's, he's one of the founding members of Los Ingobernables in Mexico. So that's like, if you ever watch Naito wrestle or a Roosh in ROH, that's like their style too, is where they're like kind of lackadaisical and uh, they don't really care. And, but then they do these big moves and they posture to the crowd a lot. Like that's, that's that mm-hmm. L I L I J uh, Los Ingobernable style that, that he started. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. To me, he, it, it almost seemed like he had ticked the, uh, the intensity down a little bit, but on mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, uh, he's not, He's not dialing it up for for Matt Seidel. Yeah, like he he he's saving that, and yeah. I think, and it also could be it's his first match in how long? Yeah, like half a year at yeah at minimum. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't being used in WWE when he was there, and then when you add on the time away mm-hmm. outside of like it's been a long time since he wrestled. Yeah. And I'm but, sure there's yeah. nerves, you know, he, he realizes how big of an opportunity and deal this is for him to be back and the crowd's been waiting for him to wrestle. So, yeah, I didn't have a problem with this match at all. I thought this was great. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it. I was I was also kind of surprised. But and afterwards, his, his I was black like, oh, mask costume was dope yeah, as he hell. comes out. It just is. It's just straight the D, the DC black mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see somebody on Twitter say in um, two that 
in Mexico, the Los Ingobernables in Mexico, that's how those guys are dressed too, which is why Naito wears a white suit when he's in New Japan too. They always wear white suits and, and skull masks too. So it's also a throwback to that, but I mean, he's black mask from Batman, like full on. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's his, that's the surprise? Yeah. If we get oh, Los Ingobernables. Let's, like, okay. Let's, uh, let's yeah. calm down there. <laughs> But yeah, so he he's walking out in that in that that beautiful white suit with the black mask on, and he starts taking it off as like he stops at the top of the ramp to take it off. And I thought he should have come all the way down to the ring because mm-hmm. it looked cool. The cropping was a little weird. It like cropped it like just below his neck as he was yeah. doing it. I was like, it's like no no no, get to the ring, mm-hmm. look around at the crowd like that, and then take it off. And then he wrestled with the pants on, which I actually loved. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. He's like a like the final boss in a fighting game, like the pre round thing. They're in their suit, and then when it says fight, like he just in his pants or something. It's like a it's cool. He's like a boss in uh, Streets of Rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and uh, I really loved the fans were chanting El Idolo, El Idolo, El Idolo. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, that's a really good easy chant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and uh, before we get into it, who was the uh, other guy that came out with him? I didn't no catch, idea. I didn't he catch. Just, he just held his gear, mm-hmm. held his suit. Like, okay, I didn't know who he was. I was like, I, yeah, I, don't no, know I, I didn't know, know who he was either. I like commentary saying something or no, they didn't say anything. I I really liked uh, how low key Vicky was. Mm-hmm. She didn't take any of his of his shine away. She she was just out there. Um. Yeah, I I just I liked it. He uh, that that as you said that moon salt where he does the moon salt and then he lands on his feet and then does the second one to land on Sidel. Mm-hmm. I squealed when yeah. he did that. I and I texted you that I was just like I just let out an involuntary squeal. Yeah, it's such a fucking clean move. I love it. He's he does so that. big too. Mm-hmm. He's a big man. Yeah, and he broke in. During the break of all times, he broke out the three amigos, mm-hmm. and this is the second three amigos we had seen. Santana broke yeah, it out Santana, as well. Santana ended his with a uh, German suplex, though, which okay. is cool. I like hit the transition of that, but yeah. And then after he did the three amigos, he did the shimmy and pointed to Vicky, which was cool. Yeah, and then uh, he did the sh- he did the shimmy, and then he was going to go up top and do the frog splash, mm-hmm. but that got ruined. Yeah. I was pretty mad. I really yeah. want to see that frog splash. Yeah. Um, he hit Seidel with one of the best lariats I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He crushed that man. Really yeah. good. Um, Which, uh, thinking about it now, my only complaint in this match, and he may be saving it, is he does a, it's pretty much the Judas effect, but his yeah. is so much faster it looks so much more vicious than Jericho's. I don't know if it's, you know, does Jericho's finish so he doesn't want anyone else doing it. I don't think he's going to do it. But I hope we get to see his, maybe after Jericho's band goes on tour and he gets to leave, we get to see uh, Andrade's because his, I mean, his looks like he legit KOs people. Like his is nuts. Maybe if and, he gets to do a match against Jericho and he breaks mm-hmm. it out in that match. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't, I feel like we would have seen it. Yeah, because his is, and uh Usually, if he wears his long tights, you know he's kind of got the pleather tights. So when he's he slap, I know thigh slapping is divisive today, but it's only because somebody on Twitter said something. No one fucking 
cared for 50 years until somebody said something on Twitter about it. But he'll slap his thigh tune with those, the type of tights he wears. It makes the elbows just sound even more vicious. It's it's awesome. Yeah, so his, uh, his finisher now, which uh, which he obviously finished Seidel off with, it's the, uh, it used to be the arm capture DDT, mm-hmm. but Ty Conti does that now. So now it's a arm catcher flatliner. Yeah. So, and it's called Il Idolo, which mm-hmm. fits. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, and JR it seemed still like can't he was, his name. <laughs> he didn't quite uh, like show his full repertoire, and I'm fine with that right now. Yeah, it's totally fine. Like, give each match you get that's bigger and bigger opponents bust out more and more stuff. Yeah, again, it, again, it, it reminded me very much of the first few matches of Brody Lee. And even then, uh, people were like, I don't know, maybe Vince was right. Mm-hmm. When Brody Lee came out and he had his first couple matches, people were like, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see well, it. Even with, even with Miro, remember his first tag match, that one wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah here's the thing. I know, I can guarantee you, I would, I would bet all of my money on the fact that he's going to get over. We oh, know yeah. it. We yeah. know it's coming. I'm yeah. not going to bet all my money on it, but like, <laughs> I mean, he was already his... over the crowd. The crowd was so into him. Oh, they were so into it. Yeah. Like uh, that he was, re- whenever the crowd would die down, he would do something. He would mm-hmm. know, like, he's like, ah, let me just do this. And he'd do a little shimmy. And yeah. The crowd he's, would been, <sighs> he's been wrestling since he was like 15 or something. And he's early thirties now. So he's been doing it for a long time. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm really excited to see what he does going forward. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he doesn't have a feud right now, which is cool. Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll just have him beat up some some fools for a little bit before he gets into a feud. Mm-hmm. And they seem to want him to be a heel. And then when we get to Alistair Black's debut later, and they, they're doing the, the hangman stuff, it seems like they're loading up a lot of top heels for their uh, eventual babyface champ that is going to get the title soon. <laughs> Is going to be Hangman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm hoping Hang. It's. Does Hangman win the first match against Kenny? I think I... because of Kenny's injuries, he has to. Yeah. I, I think if Kenny wasn't so hurt, they probably would want to stretch it out more. But I mean, Kenny's pretty banged up. So Kenny needs some time. Kenny's off. <laughs> all kinds of fucked up. Right mm-hmm. now. You can tell. E- even his. Uh, even his body just looks different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like kind of more hunched he, over and stuff. <laughs> like you can not, tell that he, like, like his, uh, yeah, he's he's not in as good shape as he normally is because mm-hmm. he can't work on that stuff right now. He can't yeah. like work on his abs and work on the because normally if it's a hernia, it's probably in his in his mm-hmm. abdominal somewhere. Yeah, that's where it normally happens, or in your back, mm-hmm. which is just, that's just fucking crazy. A tear in your abdominals. I don't even want to think about. I can't even do sit ups. It makes me want to throw up. Yeah, no. <laughs> and this guy's out there, fucking one winning, one winged angeling people, giant men. <laughs> All right. So next we have Christian and Matt Hardy in a small video announcement. Um, Christian says that throughout their career, where whenever these two have met, Christian's always been on the winning side, and Hardy's had a hard time being able to live with that. And then Hardy retorts back that everywhere he's gone, Christian follows him um, in WWE and then an impact. And now in AEW, 
He said that it's been happening for 23 years, and he thought that their 23-year history would mean something when he went to shake his hand in the Battle Royal, but he betrayed him. So next week, they're going to settle it, Fighter Fest. Um, I'm happy they're doing this on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, glad they're not saving this for a pay-per-view. It's not a one that you want to have a pay-per-view build for. And then they can send Christian off wherever he's going, which I think is either towards Jungle Boy or Kenny. One of those two. Yeah, I I kind of get the feeling he's going to turn on Jungle Boy at some point. Absolutely. Well, he's, defi- he's definitely turning on Jungle Boy. It's just whether he does that before he challenges for the title or after. Because mm-hmm. heel Christian is so much better than face Christian. So he's so good at being obnoxious. So it'll be good whenever he can turn heel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can't wait for it because he, he's so obnoxiously squeaky clean right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- you know he you know he's just he's just got a dagger like behind mm-hmm. his back. Yeah. Ready to ready to lash out at poor, poor naive Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. And that'd be good. That'd be good for Jungle Boy and Christian, but really good for Jungle Boy to get some time in the ring with a like a, a legit veteran like Christian. Like that turn, when it, when that turn happens in the ring, it's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. With the with the sympathy with the sympathy with the sympathy <laughs> that a uh, Jungle Boy is going to create. Oh yeah. Oh my God. And then that'll make Christian for sure mm-hmm. in AW going forward. Okay, we should move on to the next segment because this was the segment of the night. No, oh, um, this is segment of the millennium. This is amazing. Yeah, this was this is really really well done. So the segment starts and it's. Tony Schiavone, he's in the ring with Arn Anderson, and Arn starts by saying how great it is to be back in front of the fans in Miami. He says it's so good to be back on the road. How he says how much the fans mean to them, and he's and he's just about to make an announcement when the lights go out again, and the crowd is they aren't going quite as insane this time because. Mm-hmm. They did the lights out earlier. Again, so smart. Mm -hmm. This time, the lights come back on, and standing in the corner, motionless, is a man in an all-black three-piece suit without the jacket. Mm -hmm. It's Tommy End. I I yelled, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) I think I yelled, let's fucking go, or something like that. And then uh, I had to check myself. I was like, oh, shit, I, I don't live alone in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's motionless. And then he lets out this, like, yell. And he, bam, black mask to Arn Anderson. Mm-hmm. And Arn Anderson sells it masterfully. The yeah. mic went flying up mic. in the air. He, he went down. Like, he, he knows how to make that shit look good. And then Cody comes in the ring and they're like, oh, Cody's in the ring. And he's in a crisp white suit mm-hmm. mir- uh, looking so good against uh, against Tommy End, who we think it is at this point. Mm-hmm. And when technically it is. And he just wants to check on Arn Anderson. He's not going after Tommy End. He just wants to check on Arn Anderson. And Tommy End gestures to him. He's like, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And he he goes to check to check on him. Bam! Black mass right in the face. Down mm-hmm. goes Cody, and 
at this point, Excalibur is shouting, Oh, I wrestled this man years ago in Germany. He's like, but that was Tommy End. This is not Tem- Tommy End. This is Malachi Black. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, and then Tommy, he composes himself. He looks at the camera and he smiles a big grin and he shows off the... Which is still the, weird to see him smile because he never, <laughs> never smiles. <laughs> he shows off that injured eye it's all bruised and it's white mm-hmm. and from when Buddy Murphy injured it on Raw, so it's cool he's continuing on with that continuity. Yeah. He's still the yeah. same character. Like, this was just spectacular. The crowd was going nuts. This is mm-hmm. easily the best um, debut they've done. Oh, for sure, um, yeah. The fake lights out earlier in the night just put reasonable, do- re- put reasonable doubt in the... A lot with the viewers at home because we got to hear the commentary, but the mm-hmm. fans as well. When the lights went out earlier and nothing happened, mm-hmm. they're sort of like, oh, "Okay, is shit? Is this shit happening again?" Mm-hmm. But no, there's there's Tommy End in that ring, and for those who didn't catch it, um, Black posted a video oh, man. on his social media earlier in the day, and. In the video, it shows him in a psychiatric ward, and he's being attended by two doctors, one of them being played by Josiah Williams, mm-hmm. who was the uh, guy in WWE who would do a lot of the music. Yeah. Um, he has since left them. So that that was one hint for me that he uh, that he wasn't going back to, to WWE. Yeah. Um, then they refer to him as Tom in the video, and Black repeatedly says, no, Tom's not my name. That's not my name. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're telling him, you have to stop assaulting the other patients. And then they look at his eye, they pull up the bandage, and his eye's completely fine mm-hmm. under there. And they're saying, like, oh, this is this is healing really well. And he says, like, no, Matt pushed me into the stairs. He injured my eye. And that is a reference the real name of Buddy Murphy is Matthew. Yep. 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 So Which he's so re- cool. So he's referring to Buddy Murphy there, Buddy Murphy there. And then he reiterates to the doctors. He's saying, they're saying Matt doesn't exist. And he's like, no, Matt exists. And you need to stop calling me Tom. My name is not Tom. And then he grabs the doctor's arm. The lights go out there. That's significant because mm-hmm. the lights went out here. And then they come back on and, and he says, my name's Malachi. And then he kills the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Josiah Williams runs out of there screaming. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he leaves the facility dressed in all black. And it says, I am like Malachi Black underneath. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's his new gimmick. And this released earlier in the day. And I texted you immediately about that. And I said, this has... John Moxley joining AEW yeah. with that video vibes. Mm-hmm. This has, I said, this has Moxley vibes. Mm-hmm. I wonder like if he got in touch people. with Moxley and he helped him make the the video. Possibly, possibly. And um, we need him to go and talk as Jericho to tell us. <laughs> and then I sent you another video last night that mm-hmm. also leaked, or it didn't leak, but it was a video from an old interview. I have the name of the person here um 
called Drinks with Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, I guess he's a, a YouTuber who does interviews. I've never seen him before, but he posted just like a a minute thirty clip at the end of an interview that he did with uh, Tommy End, and Tommy says he's like, "Oh, I'm actually working. I'm filming a little horror thing, and it's for my next character." So he says, "So what Alistair Black has been this whole time, it's it's Tommy End possessed by the devil." Is who Alistair Black is, and what I'm filming is Tommy in in a in a psychiatric ward, where it's revealed that Alistair Black was just a um, a manic. It episode. was a what do you call it? Like a, a manic episode of his. Mm-hmm. He's like this is a persona that he has. It's not real. Alistair Black was not real. It was all in his head, and now Malachi Black is a new persona but he's still Tommy end. Tommy end is like the, is the core. It's <laughs> like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like this yeah. is so cool. And the fact that he referenced uh buddy Murphy in that me has me going, fuck, I think buddy Murphy's showing up. Yeah. And even buddy Murphy tweeted. He said, he said, don't forget about me <laughs> after his match. He said, great match, but don't forget about me. So it's yeah. like, Oh man, here we go. Here comes Buddy, maybe. I think Buddy Murphy would excel a little bit more in New Japan. Oh, yeah, he'd be amazing over there. But then apparently there was a there's a report from Pro Wrestling Insider that um, when Black was promoted from NXT to the main roster, WWE forgot to update his 30-day non-compete clause to a 90-day non-compete clause Mm -hmm. so that's why he was able to join AEW so early because they because of the clerical clerical yeah somebody's getting fired (laughs) incredible and Mm -hmm. apparently even uh buddy murphy revealed today through fightful that um wwe called him up in a panic thinking that they had done the same thing with him (laughs) (laughs) and apparently no he is on the 90 but they thought he was on the 30 and they were losing their shit which just shows that um the wwe not caring about these clauses is false they Mm -hmm. absolutely care yeah um yes but it may be uh what we talked about at the beginning with um selena vega coming back maybe they thought he was still on the 90 day and so they're like, we you, we got her back. You can come back. You're not wrestling right now. You can come back. And he's like, oh, I've already signed with someone. You guys forgot to update it or something like that. No, they they probably did want him to come mm-hmm. back. I'm sure. Um, yeah, but uh, yes, and Sean Rossap is still reporting that there is a w former WWE wrestler who has been released who has negotiated out of their 90 days. Like they are no longer on it. They got out of it. I don't know who that could be, whether it's Tucker or um, Chelsea Green or whoever. Um, apparently it's not Buddy Murphy because mm-hmm. of he's confirmed that he is on the 90 days, but you never know. Sometimes they lie. Yeah. Yeah. Never trust a wrestler. Whenever Maybe he was like on that. the 90 days and then he negotiated out of it. But oh mm-hmm. my God, this is so fun. Who... So obviously we're getting the we're getting the Cody 
feud. Mm-hmm. I think this feud is perfect. This, this is perfect in a perfect world. I think this feud is perfect. Mm-hmm. If Cody goes over him, this is trash. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's always a legitimate fear when there's a yeah. Cody match. But I don't think at least Tony Khan, because I'm uh, Malachi Black's not coming cheap. So no, I don't. No, I don't. Not. I don't think Tony Khan's going to spend all that money just to have him lose his first match. Yeah, like with all due respect to Archer, uh, Malachi Black is not Archer. Yeah, he's a significant step above Archer. Yeah, because somebody at my work today came up and asked me about Tommy End. Like, so what's this Tommy End guy all about? And so you know, it's a big fucking deal, man. Mm-hmm. He's a big fucking deal. Yeah, so I explained and, to him. The video like he overshadowed Andrade <laughs> Andrade's first episode. He overshadowed yeah. him. Yeah. I just yeah. have those two guys. God, my God. Yep. It's a uh, that though. Th- these two moves are game changing for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Th- this feud is like I got the vibe from this. I was like, oh, we're back to year one, Cody here. Mm-hmm. Like this is the shit that Cody was doing in year one, where he was my wrestler of the year mm-hmm. in the first year of AEW or the the fan era, the first block of fan, yeah, um, of uh, attendances. He was incredible. He was incredible with MJF and with Jericho. Like he was, he had elevated himself to a level that I, I had never seen. I was not a Cody fan before AW, and he completely made me a fan. And he didn't even really have to do anything. He had to just get in that ring and take a black mass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is that good shit. I can't yeah. wait to see what these two guys do together. It's mm-hmm. so unique. It reminds me of the Brody Lee um, storyline that he was doing. Yeah. Sort of. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, just yeah, it, it'll be awesome. But if Cody wins, then it it'll be crap. Yeah, then it's trash. <laughs> yeah, then it's trash. Mm-hmm. Send him back. Think... Send send Alistair Black to uh, WWE at that point. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. <laughs> no, with the the build, I don't think they're gonna have him beat, lose to Cody. Well, this is this was the discussion I was having with somebody today. Uh, or or people today was that um, Cody goes over everybody. He d- he never puts every anyone over, and it's like ah, he puts people over when they're ready and when they're at his level or above him. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who's below him, you're right. He doesn't put them over, but they're below him on the card. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to put over Joey Janela. He's not going to put over Sunny Kiss or. Scorpio Sky, even, or even Archer, he's still below him. But Darby Allen, once Darby Allen reached that point, he put him over. Mm-hmm. Um, Brody Lee put over Brody Lee. MJF, he put over MJF. Like when they know they have an absolute superstar on the same level as Cody, Cody puts him over. Cody's yeah. still four and four in pay per view matches, which is. That's crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> he was three and four before he got to a go-go. Mm-hmm. And again, even a go-go, like that, that feud or that storyline 
in that match. It was kind of it was almost a lose-lose situation. Yeah, they did it way too early. Agogo wasn't ready for that moment mm-hmm. because you can't have a guy in his first major match. And this is in hindsight, but you can't have a guy in his first major match that green with so little experience go over the face of the company. Mm-hmm. A guy who's been wrestling for almost 20 years now. Yeah. You can't have him do that. It doesn't really make any sense. Like in kayfabe wise, that doesn't really make sense. But in story wise, he absolutely had to go over <laughs> because Cody was being an asshole. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so we're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So you're either putting over a guy who's not ready for that spot or you've just created the most unlikable Cody in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they went with the unlikable Cody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a it's a so I don't think that they're he's gonna beat Alistair for a second. But if he does, then uh, he gets all the criticism. We'll have a big rant on here about it. Oh yeah, we won't do an episode that day. Mm-hmm. I'll in protest. Okay, yeah. so next we had Ricky Starks cutting, giving the second best line of oh the show. God. Oh my god, there are a few really good lines on this. Yeah, so this is yeah. a. This is a weird one because this was filmed prior on Dark. And Which is kind of cool. They've never really done that before. Like, oh, earlier tonight, this is what happened. This is what I meant where I feel like they knew they didn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of like cut this together. Yeah, because you could tell it was, it was pretty edited. Like the all the filler stuff looked like it was taken out. Yeah, it was edited down. So you've got Ricky Starks. He's in the ring. He's got private security with them. He looks like a million bucks. And mm-hmm. he's talking about how he hired this private security because he, he needs to protect his neck because he's not medically cleared yet and he can't trust Brian Cage to not assault him before their match. And Taz comes out with his boys. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. He's like, it's like, we're family. He, mm-hmm. he turns into Dom from uh from Fast and the Furious. Yeah, the the memes. He's like there's nothing stronger than family. And <laughs> he's like you, you essentially you look like a little bitch out there and with your with your security. What is this? You're making us look bad and and Stark says basically says I don't care. I need this. I don't trust Cage. I'm going to win that FTW title from him and when I win the, the W is going to mean wife. And I mean your wife, Brian. He's like, <laughs> whoa. And Hook's face, whatever he said, and I'm talking about your wife. It was priceless because like, Hook was trying to look tough. But he wanted to laugh so badly. It was hilarious. Out of pocket. Out yeah. of pocket, Starks. Yeah. Good God. Amazing. I cracked up whenever he said that. I was like, good God, that was a line. And then the perfect reaction is is <laughs> Brian Cage just sprinting from backstage <laughs> and through Team Taz. They didn't even the try ring. to stop him. They're like, all right, he deserves his ass kicking for saying that. He's just <laughs> on a warpath. He just destroys the security team. Mm-hmm. Like, just rips them from... Sh- from. He just rips them to shreds. Throws yeah, them all around the ring. Rips off his shirt. Yeah, the way... Ricky Stark said, and I'm talking about your wife. That was uh, just the, his delivery on it was amazing. And for people who don't know, the FDW title stands for "fuck the world." Mm-hmm. So he was saying, 
you can you can piece yeah. that together. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. It's even funnier when you think like not f your wife, f the wife. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, it yeah. is funny, man. It is funny. Yeah. Okay. So which it just added so much more heat to their match, which is funny because they've been building this for a while, but (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait. Well, one thing that was, that's interesting because this added a different dynamic. I still kind of, I still do think that Taz is on Starks' side (laughs) and maybe this is a way to uh, like make cage think that nothing is fishy going (laughs) on here. Yeah. But, uh, it kind of uh, put Taz in a neutral position here yeah. where we're like, no, these are my two troublemaking sons and now they're going to fight instead of this is my favorite son. Go beat up my son that I don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's different. Um, yeah. It's, I think that's interesting, but I do think he's trying to, he's trying to lull cage into a false sense of security and that mm-hmm. they're going to turn on him. Yeah. Okay, so next we had Bunny and the Blade versus Statlander and Orange Cassidy. So this was a good match. It wasn't really a standout. There were some interesting moments. Mm-hmm. Um, it was large. It's largely just to get Orange Cassidy and Statlander in front of the fans, yeah, as soon as possible. Um, uh, again, I thought it was weird that the only women's match on the show they stuck men in it Um, they did give statlander the biggest moments in this match Mm -hmm. so that says something um she was easily the star of this match uh she did a great stalling vertical suplex which yeah that was cool was really cool she had uh, she had the bunny up there for like a minute Mm -hmm. um and you do not see that from women like it's yeah. not just not something that's really done in women's matches. So it was cool to see. Um, There's some really interesting uh, flirting with AW doing intergender matches in this match. Mm-hmm. Like Statlander was really um, trying to push the blade into fighting her. Yeah. In this, like uh, she goaded him and ducked a couple punches um, yeah. to Orange Cassidy did his shin kicks to the bunny at the very beginning. Yeah, which is funny. but before the bell rang, yeah, and then once uh, once she got out of the ring, the bell rang. I thought yeah. that was funny because Jay Jar was just like, "Oh, this isn't an intergender match." And then when they were doing the kicks, he's like, "Wait, what? What's going on?" <laughs> and uh, and Tony on commentary is like, "Oh, uh, maybe this is an intergender match. I don't know." <laughs> he's like, "I don't know what to tell you, Jr." But yeah, so Statlander did get physical at one point where she hit the blade with her area 451 splash, which is cool. She hit the, I don't know why that didn't then disqualify them because you're not allowed to. Yeah. I like the name of her move though, the area 451 splash. That's such a cool name. It's an incredible name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then bl- the blade would hit Orange Cassidy with the brass knuckles, but due to a blind tag from, yeah. from Statlander, uh, Orange Cassidy wasn't the legal man, and then that forced the blade to get out of the ring and bring the bunny in, and then the mm-hmm. bunny got in the ring, immediately got hit with the Big Bang Theory, which I thought was a it was actually a really cool end to the match. Yeah. Um Yeah. And Orange Cassidy was still selling the 
uh, knockout because they even had another ref come out to help him out of the ring, which was cool. Oh, cool. I like that. He's such a good seller. He's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, I don't really know where this feud is going. Um, yeah, I don't know. Me either. Because I thought uh, when it first started, I was like, I wonder if the Butcher comes back tonight and that costs them the, this match. And then he's got to be coming comes. back soon. Yeah. Uh, I, I've heard uh, somebody at one point posted a proposed faction of the Butcher, the Blade, Alistair Black, and Brody King. That'd be cool. I know the Butcher and, and Tommy Ender, they're really good friends. Are in, they? In IRL, yeah. That's cool. Because, you know, Tommy Ender loves metal and the Butcher's in a metal band, so it makes sense. But Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, the... There's one person, like uh, a little more obscure person, that I don't want Tommy N to be in a faction. I think he'd be really cool on his own. In yeah, I like him on his own as like a specter that the lights turn out and he appears and Black Mass is someone like, and then disappears again. It's a land of a whole bunch of different factions and he's one lone mysterious dude. Mm-hmm. I like cool. that. Um, but there's one person that I think would actually work really well with him. And it's some somebody that we've seen on Dark that you know I really like Kevin Blackwood. I mm-hmm. think it would be really cool with him. Yeah. Um, That'd be cool. They have a similar aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this this next segment was so random, but very, very well done and oh, very funny. Awesome. Yeah. So throughout the night, they kept showing in the crowd that Jorge Masvidal and Amanda Nunez were at, ring, were at ringside, and apparently... Dan Lambert was also there. I don't really know Dan Lambert. You said that he is actually has been quite involved with wrestling in the past. And yeah, apparently he's, he's a huge wrestling fan. And then uh, he did an angle in impact uh, when Bobby Lashley was there. And he was, cause I think Bobby Lashley is on uh, America's top team. So they did this angle uh, with moose where, uh, you know, they would run down impact and, wrestling and so moose like invaded america's top team and they it's kind of like cobra kai like they blew like destroyed the dojo and then it was a lot of fun and that's, that's when fun. i first saw dan lambert he i was like oh this guy gets it because in the dojo he has like old nwa titles and stuff and like he's a huge wrestling fan oh so yeah he, look it was awesome so he just mm-hmm. went out there and so so tony shivani comes out to him, he's like hey i'm here to interview uh to interview Jorge Masvidal and Dan Lambert and Amanda Nunez. And Dan Lambert says, hold on. I didn't sign off on an interview. Mm-hmm. It's like I was invited here by Tony Khan to come here, watch the show and to sit ringside and give you a little bit of star power out here. But now you want an interview. He's like, I don't even know if I like your company. And then he just hops the rail, jumps in the ring and he <laughs> yeah. just starts cutting a promo and he's just Jim Cornette, mm-hmm. is what yeah. he is. Oh, for sure. He might as well have had a tennis racket. Yep, in a like a beige suit. <laughs> so he's just running down AEW. He's like, I don't like new wrestling. I don't like what it stands for. I don't like flips. I don't like all this stuff. He's like, when I want to watch good wrestling, I pop in a VHS tape from the 70s and 80s when men were men. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like, oh my god, this is so funny. And he's like, Tony, he he assured me. He's like, oh no, our company's very different. We have great young up and coming talent like Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, 
We've got a great champion in Kenny Omega. He starts talking about all the talent. With so he's kind of cleverly putting over the company mm-hmm. here, and yeah. the fans are starting to cheer with him, and uh, they're getting on his side. And he's like, "Oh, I didn't, the he said that the fans were such an integral part." And he's like, "He, he says, you know what? I thought maybe I might I come and I I might change my mind afterwards, but I'm here now." I can see, no, I was right. You are what I thought you were. You're trash. This <laughs> is garbage. And then uh, Lance Archer's music hits. He comes out, forearms this guy in the head, then <laughs> picks him up and gives him a blackout in the middle <laughs> of the ring. I was like, yeah. was like, oh my God. Like, I was like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. Who is this man? Yeah. This is, f- he can talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh they my God. Do- uh, more angles between him and Archer because that'd be pretty funny. I think have Archer show up to America's top team and throw people through the ceiling again. Well, is America's top team are they associated with the Team Filthy? Uh, they could be. I don't know. I think they might be. Mm-hmm. And if that if they could somehow tie in some of those guys that mm-hmm. are associated, there is a lot of really really good wrestlers mm-hmm. associated there. They're with MLW, but still, like, they're all kind of... They show up in New Japan, too. Exactly. Team, like, uh, Team Filthy's in New Japan, and I think there's a... Team Filthy's more of the the wrestling-affiliated one, but Mm -hmm. they are doing some stuff with MLW. I know Kevin Kevin Koo is in there, and he's really good, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a... There are a bunch of uh, really good wrestlers associated with that, where if they could come in and just be, like... Somehow they got Mesvidal. He would be yeah. perfect. He is. Cool. If there was one, if you could pluck one guy out of MMA to be in wrestling, that would be the one. Like, oh yes, him. He holds an interim belt called the Bad Motherfucker Belt. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. And apparently, Amanda Nunez has stated that she would love to get into wrestling at some point. And she's the greatest female MMA fighter of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and I like after the uh, uh, Archer, they cut to them just sitting in the crowd and they're just laughing. <laughs> 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 they obviously didn't know they were on camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw a picture of Nunez and uh, Ty Conti from backstage and I was like, oh, man. If they can get him, if they can get them in there, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then somehow get Filthy Tom. And then, oh, there he comes with so many people. Mm-hmm. He's got a faction that like stretches across multiple promotions. Yeah, they're like I'd... the weird MMA Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd just be cool to see his little jean short tights in AEW. His little Daisy Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we the now we're at the the main event. This match was wild. No, this was amazing. This was Young Bucks versus Kingston and Penta. And first of all, I'm docking a star from this match because the Bucks came out and they have shaved. Yeah, uh, I was going to bring that up. Somebody just messaged me this. I guess they updated their bio of on why they shaved their mustaches. I'll read it real quick. Nick is bruised and has several cuts. Matt has a stinger. Both shaved their mustaches because their better halves would not make love to them otherwise. I mean, that tracks. <laughs> Especially Nick. 
Oh, Matt yeah. Jackson actually looked pretty good with it. I, I love Nick's though. He <laughs> he didn't look like the same person. <laughs> Speaking of little jean shorts, they also were wearing little oh, jean the shorts. Tightest jorts ever. I saw somebody. Oh, I can't. I think it was Seahawk on Twitter. He wrote. They're, they're, they're just incredulous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it, uh, yeah, I saw that. That was hilarious. I think it's just incredible. It was. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is this is perfect. And Nick um, had freaking cigarette earrings. Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and this was just one hundred percent that PWG Guerrilla Warfare match mm-hmm. that the Bucks basically made famous mm-hmm. in uh in pwg way back in the day when they were first starting their heel gimmicks there um right like we're just gonna go through spots um haul or some out if you if you think of one but at one point nakazawa got double super kicks and excalibur's call from mm-hmm. the commentary was Naka, nakazawa got naka naka knocked out it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god that's that's too much. Um, Nick Jackson got hit with a uh, <laughs> with the top rope drop kick from Penta, mm-hmm. on like where he gets hit in the where he gets hit in the butt slash perineum slash balls. Yeah, but uh, Kingston held out a chair there. I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. <laughs> like right to Jackson's hole. Um, yeah. <laughs> Penta hit a running destroyer on Matt Jackson. Yeah, off the side of the ring through a table. It's not a, a Pinta versus the Jacksons match if there's not some crazy destroyer. Oh yeah, destroyer <laughs> through something. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a destroyer through or, something. Yeah. Um. At one point, this was this this spot was awesome. This is my highlight of the match. So Kingston had actually I had a few highlights as this match went on, but Kingston had Matt in a bulldog choke on the mat and Matt Jackson's about to tap out. Rick Knox is right there with him and Nick Jackson gets on the top rope and he's like, okay, I can break up the pin, but I'm going to hurt Matt if I do so. And he looks at Rick Knox and he just four fifty splashes Rick Knox right on the back. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus. Which made this feel more like PWG because they used to always beat up Rick Knox in PWG all the time. To the point where Rick Rick Knox Knox feuded with them. Yeah, gave them like uh, Lutez presses and Tope Suicidas and stuff. (laughs) Really good shit. Rick Mm -hmm. Knox is a treasure. Um, And then when after he did that, Rick starts calling for what looked like a second ref. But no, out come the good brothers. Mm-hmm. They come out. They just get involved in the match. They're just beating up Kingston and Penta. Um, they they brought tax out to the ring as well. A bag of tax that did come into play later, but not for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Cutler attempts to use the cold spray again on Penta, but he did he you know freezes. Penta was dodging him. <laughs> He was like, Penta was dodging and Cutler's yeah. <laughs> freezing because of last week. He's like, oh, I yeah. don't, I, I don't, I don't want to misfire. And mm-hmm. Frankie Kazarian runs out. He catches up to to Cutler, puts Cutler through a table with what looked like a nasty table bump. It looked yeah, like he, he did almost, the. He didn't do it through the middle. He did it the long way. Which yeah, always makes me nervous way. when they do that because the legs. Yeah, I thought that he was going to get spiked. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then Kingston and Penta hit their winning or the move that they won with the week before the pile driver into the Urican. Mm-hmm. But there's no ref, or no, the ref finally does slide in there, but Nick slides him back right back out <laughs> before they can get the three. Um, then the good brothers hit Kazarian with the magic killer on the outside. So now Kazarian's down and out. Kingston then grabs that bag of thumbtacks, he pours them out, and this is my next favorite part of the match. Mac Jackson just grabs a handful of tacks and just throws them in Kingston's face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then Panta takes an avalanche hurricane rana on the tacks. And then Matt Jackson takes a tax, puts them in Kingston's mouth, and then kicks him with a super kick to win the match. Mm-hmm. And as we're going off the air, an utterly defeated Tony Schiavone just goes, No. <laughs> as it fades to black. <laughs> No. Yeah, this match was great. It was, like you said, an old PWG Guerrilla Warfare type match where the the Bucks used to do all the time in like the mid 2010s when they, that's like this type of match is like, is what pretty much made them famous. Oh, yeah. This is what, yeah, this is what uh, put them on the map. Mm hmm. Yeah, they used to do all these. I don't know if that was before or after TNA, but it was after. It was they after? were in TNA. Yeah, they were at in TNA in like twenty or twenty nine, two thousand nine and twenty ten, and then they did. I know they were doing PWG before TNA, mm-hmm. and then they sort of did PWG a lot. They said they were essentially two of the guys that kind of established it. That's how I found out about. Well, I had seen Battle of Los Angeles before. But I really didn't start paying attention until like 2012, 2011 PWG because mm-hmm. of the Young Bucks. Well, like, PWG existed gotten... since like even like the like 2007 ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's when SEMA won. Yeah. Was like I mean, like Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson used to be in the Battle of Los Angeles matches and stuff. So it's but they've been around for a long time. But I didn't really start getting into them until like. It was the Bucks and Adam Cole and Kevin Steen. And like they would all have guerrilla warfare matches with each Like they used to just kill each other. Yeah. And that uh, Kevin Steen and uh, El Generico have just carried that on mm-hmm. for yep. how long has it been now? Like 50 yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. Now they'll, they'll keep doing it too. Literally fight forever. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, uh, essentially what's based off of is them. Yeah. Yeah. This is the old Bucks that I, that made me a fan of the Bucks, these types of matches. So. It's it's a lot of fun. Okay, so looking to next week's card, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we have John Moxley versus Carl Anderson for the IWGP US t- United States title. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's prop. I don't know if they put that on as the main event, but that's up there. Um, Could then be the, we have like the main event of the, the first hour. Mm-hmm. Then we have we're going to hear from Hangman Page, so I'm actually so really excited about that. Kenny will come out too, probably. Kenny will probably come out, and I want to see just where Hangman's head is right now. Mm-hmm. So, to see if I can gauge whether or not he's going to lose, or if... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have Penelope Ford versus Yuka Sakazaki, which is really exciting. I wish it wasn't just a match. I kind of wish we had some stories happening here. Yeah. Every single one of these men's matches has a story. And then we've got, and a women's match. 
Yeah, or if they're going to do this, do like Yuka and uh, now I'm blanking on everyone's names, but all the Joshi wrestlers they have in one match versus like Penelope Ford and a couple of the other women just to get, because we haven't seen like Riho uh, on Dynamite in a while and I know she's back and we yeah, haven't man. seen. They're all sitting around. Yeah, we haven't seen Sheeta since she's lost the title. Have them in a, a six-woman tag match or something. They have them on, them on Dark, TV. but they're not putting them on the main show. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just have them do a six six woman tag match. That way we can because mm-hmm. we can get mm-hmm. them all on the show, and at least it's. I mean, no disrespect to Penelope Ford, or I like Penelope Ford a lot, but this, this has no build, no heat to it. Yeah, but it's, it's cool. The fans love Yuka Sakazaki, so it'll oh be a lot yeah, of fun. it's gonna they're gonna pop the roof off that place for her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the match after that we have Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks. For the honor of Brian Cage's wife. Yeah, for doing stuff to uh, the wife. This is, I'm so excited for this, especially now after Starks' promo. So I'm actually excited to see how the Indian's going to go to see what happens. Okay, so we have Darby Allen versus Ethan Page. And this might be the main event. I can see this being the main event because these two. It's a coffin match. It, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um, yeah, Ethan Page is going to kill it. Darby mm-hmm. Allen. Darby Allen's going to jump killed. off something huge, probably through the coffin. And I, that's how I imagine Ethan Page is going to win. <laughs> yeah, when I say Ethan Page is, or Darby Allen's going to kill it, I, I mean himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to be so good. The graphic for this is incredible. Yeah, I love it. It looks beautiful. Coffin, yeah. Then Darby's we have Matt Hardy. Then we have Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage, which, eh, it is what it is. It's going to get a big pop. I'm kind of surprised they're not doing it in North Carolina because of uh, Matt Hardy being from yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, this will be cool. It'll be, I imagine, tons of interference and a lot of outside stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. so this is a good card. Mm-hmm. Very good card next week. It is stacked. Um it's only night one of Fighter Fist. Yeah, night two. I can't really remember what we have on night two. Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. That's all I can think of right now. Don't yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna build to some matches then mm-hmm. on this show. So that'll be fun. Um, ooh, maybe we'll probably see some something from Andrade or um, probably from both of them. Yes, I would. I would hope so. You kind of want to bring them back out to mm-hmm. keep that heat going, keep the line moving, as they yeah. like to say. All For right. Sure. Um, I think this wraps this episode. Um, if you guys want to reach us, uh, you can tweet at us at the work rate podcast, not the work rate podcast. Actually, is it? I don't, I <laughs> I I don't remember. Hold on. I knew I could get it real quick. <laughs> what is our Twitter name? It, it is. is just work rate podcast. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yes, I never look at that. Um, yeah, it is a work rate podcast. I am on it all the time. Um, tweeting stuff, retweeting stuff. If you want to submit questions, feel free to do so on there. We will read them on the air. Um, yeah, so uh, this is this is looking really good for next week. Yes. I can't wait. Next week's I, exciting. 
So glad they're back on the road. They're in Texas, which is not too far from me. Wish I could have gone down there, but you know, eh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think night two is still uh still open. I doubt I can convince my wife, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, We will see you guys later. See you.